Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. I'm reading here in the book of Psalms, chapter 34, and I'm going to begin reading at verse number 18. The Lord is dying to them that are of a broken heart and stay with such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul, his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. And then in Psalms 51, verse 16, the Bible says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Then in Psalms 147, verse number 3, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their name. And then two verses out of Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovering of the sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I thought about an old song, pick up the broken pieces, and bring them to the Lord. Pick up the broken pieces. Trust in his holy word. He'll put you back together and make your life complete. Just place the broken pieces at the Savior's feet. No doubt every one of us that's here has had a broken heart one time or other in life. A loss of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Divorce. Family breakups, to be treated poorly by someone, to lose a loved one. What causes broken hearts, broken lives? Brokenness occurs when we try to live life on our own terms and come up empty. The Bible is full of examples of broken lives. And all we gotta look around us today And we see broken lives, broken hearts. When our lives are broken, they need fixing. Too often when something is broken, we spend all of our time trying to figure out why it's broken instead of getting it taken care of. We have a natural curiosity to know why behind what's happening to us. We ask questions like, well, if God 
is such a good God. Why is my heart broken? Why is the world broken? The most difficult thing to understand in life is why the pain, why the problems, why is suffering a part of it all? If we're not careful, contemplating why, it'll leave us bitter and cynical. There's nothing wrong with saying why. Great men in the Bible said why, but sometimes it's not for us to understand at that particular time. Amen. Spending all our time wondering why our world is broken does very little to mend our broken lives. Job's friends came to him and began contemplating the reasons for Job's suffering. But that only made more difficulties, more agonizing. And Job's wife was agonizing as she exclaimed, why don't you just curse God and die? Amen. When God finally spoke to Job, he revealed that Job didn't need to know why right then. And even if God were to explain why, Job couldn't have understood it. He would not have been able to comprehend it. There's a song titled, Bring Christ Your Broken Life. Bring Christ your broken life, so marred by sin. He will create anew, make you whole again. Your empty, wasted years, he will restore. And your iniquities, remember no more. Bring Christ your broken life. Ultimately, sin is to blame for our brokenness. The beauty of the Bible is that God teaches us how to get on with a broken life, a broken heart. God teaches us how to turn our defeat into victory through divine healing. Brokenness does something for us. Shattered dreams, broken lives empower us to see what is wrong with our lives as we gain new insight into ourselves. It is when our plans fail, our dreams are shattered, that we begin to see what is not right with our lives. It is then we're convinced of our own sinful, stubborn self-will of our lives. It is then we realize how insensitive we have been to God. When we're broken, we cannot fix it ourselves. If you have a broken heart, if your life is broken, you cannot fix it yourself. When life isn't working, we try to fix it and we try to fake it till we make it or we dwell on why it's broken. God desperately wants to work his work in each of our lives, even if the devil's trying to convince us it's too late. And I tell you, friend, our lives can get in such a situation that we can look around and say, I'm so broken. Look at all these pieces. Look at my life. 
It's been torn in so many pieces. There's no way that all this can come together again. That's exactly what the devil would like for you to believe. Then, friend, I just want to say, it doesn't matter how broken you are and how many pieces of your life lay about you. God can put the pieces back together again. The thief found out that he could be healed while dying on a cross beside Jesus. But attitude is important. As we deal with our broken attitude is the all-important thing. Self-esteem is our attitude towards self. Love is our attitude towards others. Faith is our attitude towards God. Hope is our attitude towards the future. And forgiveness is the attitude toward the past. And everything revolves around attitude. Attitude is our most valuable asset when our dreams are shattered, when our lives are broken. Attitude determines whether we're going to come better or we're gonna turn bitter towards the situation. Because I've watched people go through some very, very difficult situations, but they humbled themselves. They sought the help of God and they came through that situation a better individual. I've watched other people go through similar situations, but they had the wrong attitude and they ended up bitter. If we fail to respond properly in the time of brokenness, our emotions wounds us and that wound will begin to fester and it will multiply, it will hurt us, it will destroy us. Spiritually, that's why the Bible says, looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. If we repress the pain, it will resurface through anger, guilt, and misbehavior. The wonderful thing about all of this is the attitude is my choice. I make the choice concerning my attitude. Nobody else can make that choice for you. You make a choice. What am I gonna do? I'm hurt, I've been broken. What's my attitude gonna be like? Friend, when we have the God-given ability to choose our response, amen. We have the ability to make a choice for a greater outcome. Amen. It's the attitude we choose towards life and in times of shattered dreams that create our greatest possibilities. Adversity tests our attitude towards life and towards God. If we choose anger and avoid personal responsibilities, our wounds will not heal. We may lick our wounds and hide them from others, but our wounds will not heal 
until we make the proper spiritual response to God. The most difficult thing to understand is why pain, why problems, why is suffering a part of life? If we're not careful, very, very careful, life's pain and suffering will make us bitter. Amen. Whatever the reason for the pain, whatever the reason for the suffering, remember that God can use it for our greatest good. Joseph said, they meant it unto me for evil, but God meant it good. Amen. His brothers meant it unto him as evil, but God meant it good. Most personal growth takes place in times of affliction, trial. That's when growth takes place. Some lessons can only be learned by loss. During adverse times of afflictions and difficulties, it introduces us to our real self. Adversities provide the pop quizzes of life to show us what we're really made of. A proper attitude will allow God to enter our shattered world to begin a process of rebuilding and restoring our lives. Confession is an important part of recognizing our brokenness. On Pentecost, the Jews were cut to the heart, the Bible says, as they recognized their brokenness, they cried out, what shall we do? They recognized their brokenness and they claimed responsibility. That's the problem. Some people will never claim responsibility. Failing to claim responsibility for our broken lives only brings misery. We may want to excuse our responsibility by saying, I haven't done anything worse than anybody else. We tend to excuse ourselves because everyone else is doing it. And we rationalize about what we've done wrong. But until we recognize we've sinned, then my friend, the misery will continue. Sometimes we make apologies that sound like justification rather than confession. Amen. Apology is not justification. Amen. Apology is a confession. We may say, and we hear this, well, I tell you something right now, she brings out the worst in me. He brings out the worst in me. But if the worst wasn't in you, they couldn't bring it out of you. Amen. As long as we blame others, we remain the same. Blame focuses my problem on someone else and refuses to look at myself. 
But confession is of little value without repentance. Confession brings us to admitting sin, calling sin, sin, but repentance is that that determines that I'm not going to continue to make the same mistake. The Bible said, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Repentance is the distinctive quality that determines I don't want to be a repeat offender. It is repentance that gives us a new direction to travel. Rather than repent, we often just fill our lives with hectic activity as we leave our lives empty of God. We deceive ourselves into believing that busyness is the same thing as repentance. But our busyness prevents us from slowing down and reflecting properly on what went wrong in our lives. Instead of spinning our wheels faster, we must stop and see if there's something else that we need to do. Often, when life is broken, we just work harder on trying to fix it. You may see the difficulty, you may feel the pain, and sense the need to reevaluate things, but instead, you choose to try harder the next time around, but you fail again. The difficulty with this type of thinking is that we just keep going around and around and around because we're unwilling to face our difficulties and respond to them correctly the way God would have us to. And until we respond correctly, we cannot confess or repent. We want to fix life on our own terms, but it's an impossibility. Listen to me very closely. When troubles come and go, and then come a full circle to slap us in the face again, and right back around again and again, it's usually because we failed to learn what we needed to learn to take life to the next level. Because in this race and in this battle, it's different than any other school. If you flunk the test, you've got to take it over and over till you pass it. So you might as well go ahead and buckle down and do it right the first time. You're going to have to go through it again if you don't pass the test the first time. Dear ones, pick up the broken pieces. Bring them to the Lord. Sometimes things around us fall apart, gets broken into pieces, and that becomes a turning point. We realize that God does have a special purpose for my life. And I want you to know that God has a special purpose for your life. And it's never too late to find God's healing for your brokenness. 
When we hear broken, we usually think about things being torn apart, our lives, our relationships, our dreams are shattered before us and too many broken pieces to try to put it back together again. And although no one wants brokenness to define what we may have experienced in our lives, sometimes that's exactly where our journey takes us. Amen. Let him take your broken heart tonight your shattered dreams, your disappointments, your heartaches, your dark trials, and turn them into something beautiful. He makes all things beautiful in his time. If we allow him, the master architect will take the broken pieces of our lives and put them together in such a way that the sunshine of his love can shine through both the light and the dark places. Nothing that's broken is beyond repair when we turn it over to God. You might bring me your life and all those scattered pieces. And I'd say, I don't know where to start, but God knows where to start. He can put your lives back together. Amen. When we become aware of our sins and our iniquities and our transgressions and we're contrite, we need to know that God is not interested in empty apologies. God does not want cheap promises or resolutions. God cares nothing for our efforts to balance the evil with a little more good. God desires a broken, contrite heart which is the true sacrifice of one who determines to turn from sin, forsake sin, and abandon sin forever. Will you ask God to cleanse your heart? Will you allow him to transform your life? Will you experience the salvation that only Jesus Christ can provide? Friend, this is the moment to decide. You can ask him to change your heart, mend the broken pieces. When God is at work in your life, redeeming you from the issues and the struggles, he protects you while he works his way through the storm in your life. He positions people around you whose sole interest is making sure that you get there. What is the cure for a broken heart? Jesus perceives, cares, and understands our broken heart. He felt more hurt than anyone. No one has been rejected. No one has been hurt like Jesus. That talks about it in the book of Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number three. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him, stricken him, smitten of God, afflicted. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 and verse number 15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus 
has the power to heal your broken heart. Amen. Jesus personally invites you to come to him when he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Some of you as Christians, you've been doing your best to wear a smile on your face, but you're broken, you're hurt, you're wounded. I want you to think back. God saved you by faith way back there. Then that means you can still trust him with your broken heart. Bring it all to Jesus, child of God. The hurts, you bottled it up inside long enough. Sometimes it's good just to come and weep things out in an altar of prayer. Things we've been holding inside. The rejection, the fear, the broken dreams, the loneliness, things we've been through. We bottle it up. Release it. Let God bottle up your tears. Those of you that's been broken by sin, you're at the end of your rope. You don't know what to do. The song says, pick up the broken pieces. Just, just pick them up. Bring them to the Lord. Pick up the broken pieces. Trust in his holy word. He will put you back together and make your life complete. Just place the broken pieces at Jesus' feet. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.